0: Get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. Get ready, get ready for tea time and filter with your girl loving tea. and all this hot tea on these podcast street. So get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. Fun tea time and filter with your girl loving tea. Hey tea sippers happy new year. I hope everybody's doing good today. I have been busy working on my deep dive, so I've taken some, you know, a few days off of the internet just because it was a lot of work, but I am back today with the Tea Time Unfiltered podcast. I hope you guys are doing good. So I want to come on here and talk about some things that are going on in the medical industry, and um, it's really disturbing me because there's a new viral story that came out about a doctor basically trying to kill his entire family. But before we even go there, if you guys don't know, this summer in the state of Minnesota, we were dealing with the great doctor resignation where a lot of medical doctors and nurses were resigning. Um, there was even a big strike here where a lot of nurses you know, were going on strike just because of just everything they had been going through. From the pandemic and then, you know, the same nurses that were hailed heroes in twenty twenty were then all well the same medical, I should say, the same medical people, nurses, doctors, techs, stuff like that, that were held heroes in twenty twenty were then turned around and demonized in twenty twenty one for simply trying to make a, a choice on what they wanted to inject or not inject in their bodies. And a lot of nurses got laid off, doctors too. And so it just made the whole medical establishment a mess. Tonight, thousands of Minnesota nurses are back on the picket line. I say contract, you say no. contract. No.
1: This is day two of a three-day statewide strike. But nurses end, like Angela Bichetti say they are fed up and underpaid. We need to have
2: say. We are tired. Of our hospitals saying we don't have enough, there's nothing I can do,
1: that costs too much. But in the end, our patients are suffering. In Minnesota, nurses from 15 different hospitals are asking for a 30 percent wage increase over the next three years. Before negotiations fell apart, those hospitals offered a 10 to 12 percent
3: increase. We've indicated a willingness to negotiate reasonable amounts above that. But right now, the nurse's position is just unrealistic and unaffordable.
1: But many nurses say they're at a breaking point. There was a nationwide nursing shortage before COVID-19. The pandemic made it worse. As hospitals across the country were pushed to the brink, life as a nurse became more complicated and more demanding, leading to a mass exodus. There are 37,000 fewer healthcare workers today than there were in February 2020, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, meaning travel nurses became increasingly vital. And that's part of the frustration. These nurses say hospitals are willing to spend a lot of money to hire travel nurses, but unwilling to offer similar salaries to their full-time workers.
2: We didn't want to come out here. You know, we gave them that 10-day legal notice. But in the end, they could have avoided all of this. They're offering nine to $13,000 for those travel nurses. They could have put a fraction of that into the nurses behind me and our patients. We wouldn't
0: be here today. So, like I said, we had to deal here in our state with the Great Resignation. And it's starting to happen more and more around the country where they are losing a lot of people in the medical field. And so what they're saying right now, there's such a shortage of doctors in the United States. They're saying that there's such a shortage in the United States of, you know, let's just say doctors. They're saying that in this country, within the next 12 years, We're looking at having only roughly between 37,000 to 124,000 physicians. Think about that. That is in all 50 states. That is frightening. And you have, you know, the, the next generation, um, and I'm not saying all, of course, we have some people, you know, in the younger generations who do want to be doctors and they do want to be nurses, but a majority of young people are not looking into these careers anymore. You know, they're more looking at social media careers and influencers and stuff like that. And especially when you can see that a lot of influencers are, honestly make more than some doctors. And you know, growing up, the being a doctor, that was like the ultimate status symbol. You made good money, you were highly respected. So now everything has flipped where you know, the most respected jobs or the coolest jobs are influencers. So that's also taking a toll on the medical establishment as well.
4: As the pandemic transitions to what officials see as an endemic, some of the damage done over the past 24 months will take years to undo. The healthcare system is still reeling from the strain of COVID as thousands of
5: nurses left the profession.
1: CBS 2's Jessica Moore looks into the dire shortage and what can be done to bridge the gap between the resources and the need. Fire it up
2: and take no more.
4: Nurses at Mamadities Hospital in the Bronx protest what they're calling unsafe staffing shortages.
2: Recently, I worked in situations where there was only two RNs on the floor. Two RNs for a unit that used to
0: have five RNs. We need more help. This is not safe for us. This is not safe for the patients.
4: Since the start of the pandemic, nearly 400,000 health care workers have either quit, retired or died of COVID, leaving a gaping hole in one of the most crucial hospital positions, nurses. Travel nurse Gilbert Banda spent months at hospitals across New York City at the height of the pandemic.
5: It was a lot of um, death. I've been a nurse for 16 years and I've never had to bag bodies after bodies.
4: Pediatric dying, ICU no. nurse Cheryl Leo says her work is her passion but it's not for the faint of heart. Standing there holding a paper.
3: Hear that? Believe it or not summer is just around the corner. Luckily ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus now through May 31st we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply.
4: ...hand so they wouldn't be alone when they died. Um and it stays with you. Last month, hospitals in 18 states reported critical staffing levels, including New York and New Jersey. Many nurses say they're burned out, underpaid, and overworked.
3: Maybe I'm only supposed to have
4: one or two patients, but then I have three, and there are three sick patients, and I just don't feel like I can give, you know, 100% like I want to give, it makes you feel defeated. Hospitals typically staff 60 to 70% of nurses and bring in travel nurses to bridge the gap as needed. During the pandemic, those numbers skyrocketed. One travel nurse agency says Bronx hospitals employed 39% travel nurses in 2020 and 74% in 2021. Experts
1: say it's a pipeline problem. An entire generation of baby boomer nurses with great experience are retiring at the same time that those nursing schools don't have enough teachers because of that same population retiring. To
4: make matters worse, the Bureau of Labor Statistics says 70% more nurses are needed every year to fill the chronic shortage, but only 4% of students are studying to become nurses. It's more critical than ever for us right
1: now to be encouraging young people, high school kids, college kids, to consider a, a, a healthcare care profession.
4: Nurses switching careers tend to seek out jobs that bring less stress and more money. Just the value of what you do, you should be compensated for it. If the pandemic has taught us anything about the healthcare profession, it's the value of those who care for us when we need it most. Jessica Moore, CBS2 News.
0: So I want to go ahead and read to you guys the seven reasons why doctors are leaving medicine. And even on YouTube, there's many doctors who are making YouTube videos you know, talking about why they're planning on leaving or why they're dealing with burnout. So it's really sad. So they're saying here that there's been an increase of unhappy doctors leaving the practice. They're saying one of the top reasons is burnout. Female doctors report significantly higher rates of burnout than their male counterparts. Emergency medicine and critical care are amongst the top burnout specialists. About 4% of doctors say that they quit their practice due to burnout burnout. have attempted suicide and 13% have felt suicidal. Number two reason is increased verbal abuse and bullying by their own patients. Um, there's some doctors are now reporting that they're being cyberbullied, they're being harassed, they're being threatened, um, they're being attacked on their social media pages, their place of businesses are being contacted. So it's causing a lot of issues, and you have a lot of patients who are taking their frustration or their abuse out on their doctors, and that's also causing a lot of conflict for doctors as well.
6: You know,
3: they call you an asshole.
0: Been called a bitch a thousand times. A cunt, a knocked up whore. Get the F out of his effing room, you effing word. I've been bitten, choked, punched in the mouth. I had a guy try to kick me in my stomach while I was pregnant.
3: That poor nurse at your bedside has probably been through hell with the last 10 or 15 hours, and then you come in demanding ESPN? Are you kidding me?
0: And it's like, well, yeah, I got punched in the head tonight. And any other job would be like, what are you talking about? Um, Number three is insufficient income. Now, remember back in the day, like I said, being a doctor was a very lucrative job. You know, you went to school for eight years and you were blessed with this huge amount of income. But now they're saying that ever since the pandemic, that they're not making as much because the cost of supplies and things like that are a lot higher, a lot of doctors are saying that they're struggling to pay their student loan debt. Um, others are saying that their malpractice premiums have gone up from 100000 to $200,000 annually. So when you have to pay more in malpractice, Premiums and insurance that can, you know, cut a dent in your salary as well. Number four, lack of hours and family time. The average doctor works 53.4 hours per week and may have a 24 7 or weekend on call period. So that's also causing burnout that a lot of doctors, and this, like I said, goes for people in medical um, period, you know, nurses too, techs, all that stuff, they're having to work so many hours that there's no work life balance. And that can take a toll on anybody and sometimes you know we have this thing in our mind where we think that doctors and nurses are invincible and they're not supposed to be able to feel anything, and they're just supposed to work like machines, but at the end of the day, they're human beings, and the same way you get burnt out at your customer service job, or your fast food job, or hell, I get burnt out here, you know, doing YouTube, you know, everybody gets mentally burnt out from their job. I can only imagine what doctors go through, because on top of them being burnt out, they also have to deal with, you know, diagnosing of illnesses like cancer, you know, imagine having to tell somebody that they only have six months to live, um, building bonds with patients only for them to die or if you work in the ER, you're constantly dealing, you know, with some type of death one way or another. So I can only imagine the burnout that they deal with. So now with all of that being stated with, you know, medical professionals, doctors and nurses going through burnout and going through a lot of things at their job, um, this story came out today and it is viral all over the internet. It's about a Pasadena doctor And I'm really wondering if we're going to start seeing more and more stories like this. This is incredibly frightening. This man literally tried to kill not only himself, but his two young children and his wife. There's no excuse for this type of behavior. But I'm wondering if there's something going on in the medical field that may be driving people to psychosis at this point. Because to drive your children and your wife off of a cliff Is insane to me. Well he has been arrested. For intentionally driving his Tesla. Off of a cliff called Devil's Slide. Now Devil's Slide is a very very scary cliff. It's in Northern California. And a lot of people have committed suicide. By taking a plunge of 250 feet. Off of this slide. And most people do not survive. Once you go over that cliff. It's bye bye. Well, I don't know if it was the Tesla, honey, maybe it was the grace of God, but all four of them survived. The babies survived, he survived, the wife survived, and they were all conscious when the emergency crews got to them. So this entire situation is crazy. His name is Darmash Patel, and right now he's been booked into the San Mateo County Jail. Um, once he was released from the hospital, so this whole situation is insane. Um, his daughter was seven years old, and he had a four-year-old son, and his wife's name was Niha. They all survived their car tumbling down Devil slide.
3: New this morning, a Pasadena doctor has been charged with attempted murder and child abuse after police say he drove his family, drove his family intentionally off of a 250-foot cliff. Imagine that. The pictures of this white Tesla crushed at the bottom of Devil's Slide in Northern California are shocking enough, as is the word. The family of four somehow survived this crash. Alex Capriello is live with this details. And Alex, this is just shocking
6: mitch good morning to you yeah rescue officials are are saying that this is an absolute miracle that all four of these people were able to survive this really dramatic wreck more than 250 feet down a california cliff the four people inside that tesla a 42 year old man a 41 year old woman as well as a seven-year-old little girl and a four-year-old little boy all four of them said to be alert and alive when they were transported to the hospital now we have some dramatic video from that rescue that we wanna show you folks at home. Take a look here. You can see it's from inside one of the helicopters as multiple agencies work to free the victims trapped inside. First responders used the jaws of life to pry open the car doors, which were jammed shut from the multiple barrel rolls it did down the side of the cliff. They then utilized a rope and pulley system to hoist those children and adults back to safety. Crews battled harsh conditions the entire time, like constant rain, heavy wind and crashing waves, to get the four of them out into safety.
3: And Alex, I know this is not an ad for Tesla's safety rating, but you gotta guess it might make its way into one. But can you tell us specifically about this section of the road? Is this known to be dangerous?
6: Yeah, this is a part of Northern California called Devil's Slide. It's about 15 miles south of San Francisco, and it's on the Pacific Coast Highway. And here's what you need to know about PCH. Number one, that it runs almost the entirety of California. But then number two, it is really windy and it has these dramatic views of the ocean from below, uh, often traveling through cliff sides. At this part of Devil's Slide, it is known for wrecks, but very rarely do you see any survivors come out of it alive. And this section where this Tesla was said to drop off uh, was said to have no guardrail, Mitch.
3: And do we know any more about the people inside? You mentioned their ages, but what more do we know about the uh, miraculous survivors of this crash?
6: Yeah, News Nation was able to identify the driver. That's 42-year-old Dharmesh Patel. He's actually a doctor down here in Southern California in the San Fernando Valley. The hospital has identified the other people inside that car as his family. Now, as for the evidence, police say that they have enough to suspect that he intentionally drove this vehicle over the side of the cliff. And that's why the preliminary charges right now are attempted murder as well as child abuse. He will be booked in jail once he's released from the hospital. My
3: my goodness! You know he has to be treated before he can be released. But my goodness, I I just—wow! Thank you, Alex, for that report, Adrian. I just—I don't know, as a as a a father of a young child, I have no idea what would drive you to say, "I'm going to kill us all right now."
1: Desperation.
3: Ugh, just a horrible thing. Maybe depression.
1: Maybe drugs and alcohol. We don't know. We can't speculate. And again, uh, he's being charged, but we don't know if he really did it intentionally. But sad story there.
0: Just today's show sponsor is Chime. So what's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking your credit score? (laughs) I doubt it. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secure Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start building your credit with your very own money. Chime reports your payments to the credit bureaus to help you build your credit over time. Their members have seen an increase of 30 points on average. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So if you want to start your credit journey with Chime, sign up takes only two minutes and it does not affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com forward slash SIPSlow. Once again, that's Chime.com forward slash SIPSlow. The CHIME Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank N.A. pursuant to a license from Visa USA, CHIME checking account, and $200 qualification direct deposit required to apply for a secured CHIME Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact of score may vary, and some users' scores may not improve. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at money pass ATMs in 7-Elevens or any all point or Visa plus alliance ATM. All right. So you guys just saw that story. So, again, this is not making excuses for this man. You know, I'm saying. But I just found it very interesting because I was researching a lot of stuff on doctors. And a lot of things were popping up a few weeks ago, talking about doctors wanting to quit and going through mental health and even a rise of suicide in people who work in the medical establishment. Because again, people kind of dismiss them and think they're so stoic and they don't, you know, they're able to just not wear their emotions on their sleeve because they got to take their job, you know, one day at a time. And so when I heard this story, um, You know, it's just heartbreaking because you have two innocent children that are involved in this. But like I said, by the grace of God, they survived. It just goes to show you that there's something happening with our doctors and nurses. There's something going on with the mental health of our care people and I don't think it's being addressed. I think it's being dismissed. What all the stresses that they had to take on during COVID and during 2020, to then a year later to be demonized. I'm like, this makes no sense. These people were literally working sleepless nights. They were dealing with patients dying. They were putting themselves at risk for this virus that was taking out doctors just as much as the patients, you know? And then for them to be just treated like trash A year later, you know, was just insane because, you know, many didn't want the vaccine. Um, You know, they lost their jobs and stuff like that. So I think a lot of doctors are going through it. I think a lot of medical professionals are going through it just like regular people are. So I would say, you know, definitely check on your friends in the medical establishment. Make sure they're okay. You know, just checking on them. Tell them that we appreciate them. You know, because, again, we're always going to need doctors and nurses, especially as the population gets older, who's going to take care of, you know, the sick and the elderly. So, you know, definitely show them appreciation, see how they're doing, check on their mental health, send them, you know, a, a gift basket with some of their favorite items. Um I think that we need to show appreciation and to any of my tea sippers, I know I have a lot of tea sippers that are, you know, nurses and who work in the medical field, just know that you guys are very much appreciated. Another thing I want to touch on is this is um Damar Hamlin's cardiac arrest. That was so scary watching that video um, the other day. If you guys haven't seen it, it went viral. DeMar is a 24-year-old football player um, who plays for the Buffalo Bills. And crazy enough, Buffalo just had that crazy snowstorm. it has been a lot of weird stuff going on with Buffalo. Remember the shooter that at that grocery store that also took place in Buffalo. So when I heard that a Buffalo player was hurt, that kind of made my tin hat tingle a bit. But DeMar... Um, He got hit, he got up, only to collapse again on the field. So, y'all go ahead and check this out.
5: Mm.
6: That's not what any of us want to see, and everybody's around him, and just hope that he's going to be okay. Uh, So, we'll take Jordan Poyer was able to go tonight. He was iffy. They're only Pro Bowler on this very good defense. Hamlin's taken the place for the injured Micah Hyde. And that is DeMar Hamlin.
0: Steps and then just fell to the ground. We don't know, of course, the extent of his injuries, but the entire Bills team is out on the field right now. Several players are down on their knees. Other players are holding hands, praying. You can just see the worried looks uh, on their faces. As soon as we have more, uh, Joe, we'll pass it on up to you. Guys. Doctors
2: say that quick response on the football field will play and is playing a crucial role in DeMar Hamlin's survival. Well, there's a group of families here in Massachusetts who are working to make that quick response available everywhere, especially in schools. Michael L. Sasser was just 16 when he suffered cardiac arrest on the football field in 2010.
3: No ambulance, no AED at the field. It took 15 minutes for it to arrive. And 15 minutes is too long. Mike passed on the football field that day.
2: His family helped pass Michael's law to improve emergency responses at schools and sporting events.
3: My wife Luann and I want to see AEDs like fire extinguishers everywhere. Um, and, And the reason being is I don't, I don't want another family to go through what we've gone through. We now do heart screenings.
2: Ralph Thibodeau's son, Josh, just 12 when he suffered cardiac arrest on a soccer field. A foundation in Josh's name now donates AEDs and advocates for better access.
3: The rule of thumb for every minute it takes to get an AED on someone that's having sudden cardiac arrest they lose a 10% chance of surviving.
2: Dr. Christopher Medias at Tufts Medical Center says quick access to CPR and defibrillation may prove critical to Damar Hamlin's survival.
3: But what this will do, hopefully, will bring awareness to the issue of sudden cardiac arrest and the importance of effective uh, CPR, uh, defibrillation, and recognition of sudden cardiac arrest.
2: Dr. Medias is hoping that this incident, so widely publicized, will perhaps raise that awareness level and encourage more people to be trained in CPR and also to improve
0: access to AEDs. So, I don't know, it's just really scary to hear all these heart issues happening over and over again with young people. So now we got to talk about the whole Skip Bayless-Shannon Sharp drama. So if you guys do not know, 10 minutes after the game was shut down, after DeMar Hamlin was hurt, Skip took to Twitter and he wrote this. No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of this game. But how? This late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant. So a lot of people were really upset by that tweet. A bunch of football players were calling for him to be fired. They're saying that it was very insensitive. This is not the time or place. Why is he talking about the rest of the season? So then he came back and then he wrote this. Nothing is more important to me than that young man's health. That was the point of my last tweet. I'm sorry if it was misunderstood, but his health is all that matters. Again, everything else is irrelevant. I prayed for him, and I will continue to. So that was on the 2nd. So then later on, him and Shannon were supposed to do a show together, and Shannon did not show up for that evening's filming. He didn't show up because he was really upset with him. So after missing Tuesday's episode of filming, Shannon showed up today, this morning, and they got into it. It was really crazy. I'm going to go ahead and play these two clips for you. Go ahead and check this out. Yes. Morning.
5: Uh, there's been a lot of speculation of why I wasn't on air yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture or innuendo, but I will say this, in watching that game on Monday night, uh, what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck me a little different. Uh, as a brotherhood in the NFL, when injuries happened, when we know injuries are a part of the game, I've seen guys suffer ACLs and Achilles tear, but I've never seen anybody have to be revived and fight for their life on the field. So it struck me a little differently because I remember seeing my brother paralyzed on the field temporarily and he was able to regain focus. Um, Skip tweeted something and although I disagree with the tweet uh, and, and uh, hopefully uh, Skip would take it down, But I didn't want it. Well, time out. Time out. I'm not going to take it down because I stand by what I tweeted. Skip. Let me finish. All right. OK. Go ahead. No, you go. Go ahead. Let's go, Jen. Okay. I mean, I cannot even get through a monologue without you interrupting okay. me. Well, you could have came back, Skip. Well, I thought, Skip, just let me, I, I didn't going to bring say, no, up No, this. I was just going to say, Skip, I didn't want to, yesterday, to get into a situation where DeMar Hamlin was the issue, should have been talking about him, and not get into, okay. your, not get into your, uh, your tweet. That's what I was going to do. But you can't even let me finish my opening monologue without you interrupting. Okay, I was under the impression you weren't going to bring this up because nobody here had a problem with no, that tweet. No clearly the bosses wanted you to offer explanations. So clearly... No, they did not have... Nobody... Let's go, Jen.
3: Thoughts and prayers remain with DeMar Hamlin.
5: That's where the focus should have been, and not on the football game. Yes, let's go, Jen. Thank you. As he continues his fight. All right,
0: gentlemen. All right, so you guys just saw that clip, and you guys heard what Shannon Sharp had to say, and also Skip Bayless trying to defend himself. So a lot of people are very... Um, I would say divided on the topic. Some people understood what Skip Bayless was saying and says that people need to, you know, comprehend. Other people are saying, no, what he was saying was not okay. And if that was a white player out there, he would have had more sympathy. You know, I think that we live in a day and age where everybody wants to run to be first. They want to be run to jump on their soapbox. He was literally tweeting 10 minutes after everything happened. It's okay to not say anything. It's okay to just fall back, find out more of what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Give the family enough time to even digest what is happening on the field with their loved ones before they go on to Twitter to see this whole Twitter storm erupting behind Skip Bayless's tweets. You know, and I think that was the problem is that he should have waited to say anything. I don't agree with what he said. But I think he's also looking at it from a business point of view, an NFL point of view, you know, because that's how a lot of those executive type guys are structured, you know, to just keep on moving and what's next. But for the most part, everybody else is looking at this from a human point of view. When that man got up and then just fell like a ton of bricks at that point, You know, screw the NFL, screw football, screw everything that's going on. This man is literally fighting for his life. His heart has literally given out. They said he literally died once or twice on that field and they had to, you know, resuscitate him and give him some type of shock therapy to the heart. You know, so this was a very, very serious situation. And it's really sad that now it's being trivialized and more attention is being given to Skip and all the football players, all the basketball players, the Matt Barnes, the Steven Jacksons, Terrell Owen. I mean, it's a whole bunch of them. They're dragging him. And so now the conversation has shifted attention away from this young man who needs the attention, who needs the prayer, who needs the support. It's shifted away from him to now let's all run and come at Skip. You know, and that's the part that I really hate about all this, because at the end of the day, this is a young man playing a sport that, of course, he loved um, and he's been hurt by it. But that's how it is in sports, unfortunately. I don't care if it's the football field, if it's basketball. Every time you play a sport, you are putting your body at risk, you know, for injury, breaks. Um, All types of things. Nobody could have, you know, suspected or saw this coming, but that's part of playing sports. There's always some type of risk. And I just think it's just really sad. And I think that it just goes to show you that at the end of the day, these guys are humans. You know, they're not Greek gods, they're human beings, you know, and they can be injured, they can be hurt. And I think what was needed at that point in time was just some kind words and some prayers as opposed to worrying about the game. They'll get back to the game when they're good and ready. Nobody can control that. Not me, not you, not Shannon, not Skip. So why even worry about something that really you can't control one way or another what the NFL decides to do. But again, Skip is also somebody who's never played football. Now, I don't know. Maybe he played as a kid. Maybe he played, you know, in high school. I I don't know. But I know he's never played professional. He's never been in the NFL, even though he gives commentary on all types of sports. um, I don't think he's actually played professional sports. I could be wrong, but he doesn't come off like he's a professional sports player. He's just always come off as a commentator, somebody giving his opinion. And I think that's the problem is that he's never been out there on that gridiron field. He's never been out there and put his body through wear and tear. So when you're coming off very technical and very cold and you're worried about the game, you're going to have a lot of guys who put their blood, sweat, and tears onto that field fill away. Because they're the ones having to deal with those body aches and, you know, the, the constant pain, the CTE, and all the things that football players have been going through over the past several years. You know, it wasn't spoken about before. A lot of football players from, like, the 70s and the 80s and early 90s No one talked about their injuries. People just told them, well, you should just be happy. You know, you had fame, you had money, you had the girls, who cares? You know, but now there's more of an open discussion about those injuries and CTE and things like that. So these men really put their bodies on the line, you know, just to entertain us. And that's why I always have like a real respect for athletes because it's not easy. You know, it's very easy to be a a Sunday morning quarterback player and say what they should have done. and You should have turned here and oh, he dropped the ball. Oh, he fumbled. It's very easy to critique, but it's not an easy game to play. And I don't care what sport. I don't care if it's hockey, basketball, football. It's not easy to be an athlete. You know, those sports take a toll on young men and young women's bodies, their knees, their backs. You know, they tend to pay for it once they get a lot older. But um, you know, bless Damar Hamlin. I just hope he pulls through okay and that he he ends up being his same old self. You know, because people don't understand when you're going through some traumatic injury like this, especially a heart issue, You know, who knows if he lost any type of oxygen to his brain for how long he was out. You know, we don't even know if he's going to come back and be the same person, let alone be able to play football. You know, so that's where the concern and the care should be. I'm just holding him up in prayer and I just hope everything works out for him and his family. I mean, it was hard watching on national television, but just watching that on the field is just extremely sad. So my heart and prayers go out to his family. I think Skip at this point needs to get back his humanity chip. While I understand what he was trying to say, that wasn't the time nor the place. And like I said, it's okay to not run to Twitter and say the first thing that hits your mind. Sometimes it's okay to just fall back and just let the chips fall where they may and then wait for another opportunity to speak cohesively clearly and make your point on a longer form because when you're trying to make your point in 130 characters you're bound to fuck up and that's just real talk so on that note you guys thank you so much for tuning in to tea time unfiltered with your girl lovely tea half of this will be posted on youtube feel free to leave a comment over there i appreciate y'all supporting the platform once again happy new year and i'll talk to y'all later deuces